grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the show, quick rundown of the show. So I'm sober now, but I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. My favorite thing to do was to get hammered and reminisce with friends about stories getting in trouble, doing drugs, drinking, just all around shenanigans. Again, I am sober now, but it is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop, and go over some crazy stories. Normally, I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. Coming all the way in from Daytona Beach, Florida, Samantha Ivy. Hey, how are you doing? What's up? So, <laughs> Samantha, comedian. You created yes. the sketch show Ivy Heads, singer, songwriter. You do rapper. You do it all. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Plug everything up front. Um, OK, I'm big on TikTok. I've seen that big on TikTok. Yes, I'm absolutely loving TikTok just because it's like immediate satisfaction on the views. So you can absolutely follow me out there at uh, Sam underscore Ivy. Um, also on Facebook, comedian Samantha Ivy. That is I-V-E-Y. Um, and then I would go all over the others, but you can actually just go to Samantha Ivy, Ivey.com and all of my socials will be there. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show. Um, you know this because you are formerly of the city. You are yes. initiated. We are yes, initiated, aren't we, Bruce? Um, <laughs> So I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now about I'm like, yeah, but get New York comics on the show. Like I ran out of banked episodes about a week ago and I was like, or two weeks ago. And I was like, all right, no problem. I'll just start asking people. And New York comics, even the open micers uh, can be real pieces of shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I only met a few that like I really clicked with. The rest of them were in and out like you can't catch them. They yeah. come and sign up play on their phone, hop on, do three minutes, kill it. It's always the ones that are good. And then yeah. they bounce and then they leave. They gone. Poof. You don't see them for two weeks. <laughs> so you um, you are based in Florida now, but uh, you were in New York. But yes. before all that, when you started doing comedy, you started in Florida, correct? Yes. Yeah. OK. So where are you from originally? Um, I grew up mainly in North Carolina. I bounced around a lot as a kid. Like I was born in L.A., <laughs> lived in Texas for a bit. Uh, North Carolina uh, is mostly where I get my accent, I guess. And then Florida was like my adult life. Okay. Okay. I, I totally the understand. Best way to describe that. <laughs> so where did, when did you start doing comedy? Did you do, you started in Florida. So yes. What happened? Uh, 18, 20, you were just like, fuck this. I want to do comedy. Yep. I think I was like 18, maybe even, uh, maybe even 17. I think I was 18. Um, and I went to um, see an improv show, which I'm actually a part of the troupe now, a troupe called Random Acts of Insanity in Daytona Beach. Okay. And I, I went to go watch them. It was a lot of fun. And then um, I so saw you were in a Daytona. table tent. Yes. Yeah. It was in uh, it was in Port Orange. I don't think it was. It okay. closed I, down. For some reason, I, I assumed you were just uh, I, I assumed you started in Orlando. Oh, no, Daytona. And I actually um, I saw this table tent, went up, did five minutes. My dad did stand up comedy um, for most of his like younger 20s and stuff. So I called oh, really? him up and was like, yo, dad, I just did stand up. And he was like, what? <laughs> 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 Why? 
was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, this is it. Um, this is a phone call you were dreading. Yeah, right. Um, because he's like a college professor now, like he straightened oh, wow, his life yeah. out. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh just from then on, I just caught the bug. The second show I did was at Taranog, and that's where I spent three years. I didn't leave the city of Daytona Beach. I stayed right there every Wednesday. I was at Tiernanog, mostly with a new five minutes yeah. and just really thought that one day somebody was going to walk into Tiernanog and discover me. And then I <laughs> met Rachel, my girlfriend, and she was like, bitch, you got to go other places. You, yeah, you got to travel. <laughs> I was like, what? And that's when I started hitting Orlando and stuff. But it worked out because by the time I went to these other places, they were like, Wow, where have you been? I was like, Tiernanog. Yeah. For three years. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a fucking jail sentence. <laughs> Prison sentence. A I little wish, bit. I wish they would make a lot of more people do that though. And I'm I'm one to yeah. talk because I took, you know, three and a half years off and then came back and I was like, I still got it. It's all the same. And it's not, it's not the <laughs> no. same at all. Um but some of the it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are, be it Tiernanog in Daytona or mm -hmm. the improv in Orlando or in New York City at an open mic at, a, at it's like they're legit comedy clubs and you go to do the open mics there. And I'm just like, oh, there is garbage everywhere. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's one guy who just gets on stage and then he just comments on everyone else's five so far. And I'm like, oh. Like, what do you do? Like, what, what exactly? Like, and it's like funny, like he'll make you laugh about it, but I'm just like, so you're not, you're just like, you're just here to meet people, which is cool. It's fine. But it's like, yeah, I'm like you where I'm going to stay till the end. But now I'm, now I feel like I'm just sitting here for no, like to get roasted. It's like, what are we, what right. are we doing? <laughs> right. It's, it's tough. Cause when you move up to New York, you move to New York because you're, you're fucking serious. Yeah. Like <laughs> when That's, I made yeah. the move to New York, I was like, okay, this is my next step. I'm going to start busting my butt and being hardworking. Then you go to some of these mics and you realize, oh my God, some people live in New York and that's just their life. And they're starting here. There's and that is a hard <laughs> concept grasp that yeah, some people are doing it for fun in New York city. It's like, why it's this, like, is, <laughs> this is my golden ticket and you're taking up three minutes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane to me because like you, you put it perfectly. I mm -hmm. came up here because I have I. So I say this a lot, but time is the greatest thing that any of us have. You know, you can never get more time. And I wasted so much time yeah. when I was drinking and doing drugs and in jail. And like when I finally got sober this last time and realized, oh, it, it's comedy. Like, it, that's what it is. It's stand up. Like my degrees don't mean anything to me anymore you know, going to law school, that's a dream that's dashed. Like it's not, it's none of that. Like it's comedy yeah. because comedy in the past has got, and still to this day has gotten me through so many things, whether it's performing it or listening to it when I'm in, when I'm in a really bad place and it's like, Oh, I can laugh about this stuff. Yeah. Like I have jokes on stage about hurting myself, about drugs, about detoxes and rehabs and attempted suicide, but I've turned them into jokes, but those are all true things that have happened to me. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that, it's like I have to get out of Florida. Like I love Florida, but I have to get out of here yeah. because I can't grow the way I want to grow here. And like you said, no one's walking into Rain Dogs or Tiernanog and being like, "That's the one." <laughs> but yep. that does happen in New York. That will that can yeah. happen 100%. more so in New York. So I was like, I got to get up here. And I the very first mic I went to, I was telling you about this off air, but 
it was a super encouraging mic. Like the, the host was like, everyone needs to stay. You need to pay attention. If you do not pay attention and like actually are engaged, then I'm not going to let you sign up next week. It was really cool. And there was a guy who got on stage and literally did street jokes. Oh, my gosh. Like did the, <laughs> did the whole what's the difference between a Jewish person and a pizza? One doesn't scream in an oven like he did that joke. Uh, oh, and I was like, what? What are we doing? Like what? <laughs> what? This is New York. This is the Mecca yeah. of comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard. <laughs> but it's also awesome to know that all the work that you did in Florida is now paying off. Yes. I was under the impression that I was going to have to start over. I was under the impression that I was going to be ignored for six months. And when I showed up, people were talking to me about shows and showcases and this and that. And I'm not saying that I blew up. I didn't by any means. I still had to grind. But it was nice to see, OK, all this work that I thought I was wasting time yeah. was not. And now and it's really I'm not so much farther than a lot of people yep. in New York currently doing comedy. That well, was nice. And the, the best part about it is and I know you're the same way is I've I know I've got 30 in my back pocket. Yeah, always like I've got a 30 that I trust that I, I would perform when I would do feature spots in Florida. So I know I always have that. So yeah, I've only been on stage probably seven or eight times since I've been here. But if anything were to happen where someone was like, hey, do you want to jump on this show? I know I'm right. Like, OK, let's yeah. go. Like, I can do it right now. Like, it's not a big. And yeah, if I was in Florida and performing at some of the places that I you know, frequented, I wouldn't do it because it's old to them. Right. But up here, I have it like it's. Yeah. I, and like you said, it's all that work that we put in beforehand where it's like, oh, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where you are in the world. When you boil it all down, it's still just a stage and a microphone. Yep. I'm reading the book Running the Light by uh, Sam Talent. And it's I'm you should read it. Sound. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Running the Light. It's basically long story short. It's a comic who like blew up, but then his drugs and alcoholism and everything kind of got the better of him. And now he's just road dogging it. So he was a big deal. And then, oh. you know, fast forward 20 years, he's just road dogging it. Like, and you, we've seen it. We've been on those shows where I'm yep. like, wait, weren't you famous like 20 years ago? <laughs> and now yep. you're playing like the La Quinta Inn or the Hilton Garden <laughs> Inn. But in, in, in the book, it's really good because he talks, it, they talk about, you know, that's just what it is. It's all the same. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. It's you've been there before when you've done it as long as we like you've done mm -hmm. this before. And so it's interesting because, like you said, it's New York City. It is literally <laughs> the greatest place in the world when it comes to the art of stand up comedy. And you're on shows with guys humping stools and you're like, this is not this yeah. is not what this is. <laughs> you go there thinking it's going to be humbling. And to a point it is. Yeah. But then there's also a part of you is like it boosts your self-esteem. Even some of the big shows like I've gone like I've talked about on the show before, but I keep going to the stand all the time. Mm -hmm. And some of the comics that go up there, I'm like, I would bury this person. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, maybe they're trying new stuff or whatever. But I'm just like, you don't have any kind of like energy. Like, how did you get past? And I'm doing three minutes like outside of Joey Bats. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's crazy, dude. And and speaking of like humbling and also like that feeling of watching somebody being like, wow, I would crush this. I was actually uh, about to go up at Gotham, right? And it was just like a new talent showcase. I'd sent them my video. They're like, dope, come on, bring six people though. And I was like, yeah. all right. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a catch. 
And so I'm watching this person on stage and I'm like, oh my gosh, this crowd is not ready. Like I, I was feeling good. I was yeah. like, I know myself's going to kill if they're laughing at what this person's saying. They're going yeah. to die at mine and I'm getting pumped up, bro. And then the general manager comes up to me and was like, yo, Jim Gaffigan just walked in. You mind if he go first? I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> First off, you tell him Samantha Ivy said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so then I had to follow Jim Gaffigan. That was very humbling. That was a humbling moment. For yeah. Me. How did it go? It went OK. Uh, he did 15 minutes or something like that. And so when I got on stage, literally like, I mean, it had to have been like a quarter of the audience got up to go pee. Yeah. <laughs> because anybody that had to pee stayed. <laughs> and then yeah. he did 15 minutes. And so people started and then uh, tables were talking to each other because they're just excited. They just saw Jim Gaffigan. You know, yeah. people are sending photos to their friends. So um, I think I had five minutes. And I luckily, last minute, looked at Rachel and was like, you know, I feel like I should do a song tonight. And, um, you know, some people call my guitar a security blanket. But honestly, it's just an attention grabber. And if yeah. I sucked at it, they wouldn't keep paying attention. But when I pick up a guitar, the audience usually is like, huh, what's happening? And so luckily my set went okay. Like I caught them towards the end, but by the time I did my song, I have like an interactive part where they have to clap and everybody's clapping by the end. So oh, that felt go. great to be able yeah. to like get them to like them stop thinking about that guy from Netflix and <laughs> pay attention to little old me. Tell the story. Um, you don't have to uh, mention any names if you don't want to, but tell the story you were telling me before we uh, started recording about the bringer show where, Oh, yeah, because <laughs> this is something that it really interests me. And I to be honest with you, I honest until you said something to me before we started recording. I didn't even think to email the comedy clubs and send my tape. I was just like, yeah, it's like I've got tapes of like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, five. Like I've got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so it's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that since I, I have tapes and I, I I I have some pretty good tapes because I padded the room. Like I told everybody it was my going away show. So everyone's there to see me. So it nice. sounds great, like as far as yeah. audience reaction, which is all it is, because I have yeah. tapes of the same jokes, like obviously dying on the, the vine. Hey, because um, because it's just a room of well-adjusted people. So when you talk about suicide, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I have, you know what I mean, though? And then yeah. I have the same jokes in a room of people coming to see me because I'm like leaving on my farewell to Florida tour and it's destroying. So it's like, oh. If I have it worth a good backdrop, then I can just send that. That was, So thank you for that advice. But tell the story oh, you were telling me, because that that to me is New York in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. So I had a show where I had to bring six people. I'll say it, it was Comic Strip Live. And um, <laughs> I'll say it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a good story. Um, I go in and I I'm not as outgoing to new people. Like I'm yeah. good if I'm in a comfortable environment, but when it comes to like bookers and stuff, like I try to be as like somber and like, not like, Hey, so I tell jokes, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, same way, same way. And if I <laughs> yeah. don't know you, I'll sit in the corner by myself and not say anything. hundred percent. I was yes, sirring and no sirring and yep. thank you yeah. and all that. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, I get it there and he's like, Oh, you're supposed to bring six people. And I was like, I, I apologize. I only brought three, like, and I was showing him text messages from friends who had canceled on me, a guy that I worked with raps and he had a show that night and they, I mean, I don't blame him. Like I, <laughs> I would rather go see the rapper. I'm not even going to lie. 
Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I know in the email you said I could pay you. So I'm just going to pay you for those three people. So I went to the ATM, pulled out $36 and gave it to this guy. And like, he was giving me shit for not bringing enough people it was like, okay, well, you just so you know, like the next time, like, you're not gonna be able to pay your way out of it. You need to bring people because they want butts and seats because it's yeah. nice that I paid the ticket, but they're missing the two drinks at minimum that they yep. now have, which is where they make all their money. It's not off the yeah. door. It's off the food and beverage. Yeah. So I go up, I do a five minutes. And again, I was super somber while talking to him. I get up on stage. I do my zombie apocalypse bit where I talk about how I'm not going to be gay anymore. If the <laughs> zombie apocalypse happens, like I'm going to go find me a man. <laughs> and I think at one point I'm like, while well, you guys are gathering food and water, I'm going to be learning how to suck a dick real fast. Okay. It's about <laughs> survival. And, uh, and so then I get off stage and he goes, wow, you're a lot different on stage than you are off. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, so, uh, Anyway, uh, do you want to audition to be a club comic? That way you don't have to bring people anymore. Like, <laughs> I I did that well, but he yeah. ended up just offering me an audition, which was would, really cool. But it was like, oh, gosh, you gave me shit for like 30 minutes before I got up on this stage. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is <laughs> I have people that I work with who constantly and this happened a lot more in Florida because I, I was there for a while. And these people were my friends here. I'm just now getting to know kind of the people that I work with. But there people all the time when new people would come in someone would be like, Hey, when's your next show? And they'd be like, what are they talking about? And I go, Oh, I do comedy. And they go, what? Cause at work, I'm so professional and like, so, right. and if I don't know you, I'm not going to like, I don't really engage. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, I do comedy. And they're like, what? And then, then my buddy friend of the show, he owns a race for records in Jacksonville. Matt Anderson would always be like, yeah, can you believe it? This guy fucking, com he's actually really good too. Comedian, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> But it's, it's so weird because people meet you or meet us and they're just kind of like, really? You do comedy? Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. If I'm in an environment where I'm comfortable around people I know, then that's one thing. But to be in a room full of strangers, it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. And also, I don't want to be on like people yeah. pay me for the shit. That, that's my, like my number one comeback whenever somebody's like, well, tell me a joke. Yeah. Pay me for it. I yeah. Uh, you want a joke? Pay me. OK, I, I don't I do it in the <laughs> restaurant all the time. People are like, oh, well, give us a joke. And I'm like, I don't do that kind of comedy. Like I'm more storyteller. Yeah. And they're like, come on. And I go, right. Eh, it's a little extra cost, a little extra. Like, this is <laughs> yeah, this is kind of what I do. Mark Marin was on uh, Two Bears, One Cave with Tom Segura, and he had a great line. Long story short, a uh, cop was like, hey, are you going to bust my balls? Like, tell me a joke. And he was like, Mark Marin was like, I mean, I get like, sit down. How much time do you have? Normally, my fans don't even like my stuff, but you can. I mean, if you got time, I guess we can talk <laughs> about it. And it's like, that's exactly what I want to tell these tables. It's like, yeah, well, I tell stories. So, I mean, I guess you could sit and we could try and work it out. But <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. If people are really insistent, I like to tell them this story. Uh, it's true. When I first started comedy, um, I came up with this joke and I'm super proud of it. It's actually really good for somebody who had just started. But uh, I said, uh, have you ever seen the movie Soul Surfer? It's about that girl, Bethany Hamilton, who gets her arm bitten off by a shark. And ever since uh, seeing that movie, I've been afraid to get in the ocean. Not because of sharks, but because her arms floating around there somewhere. I don't <laughs> want to be the one that gets. And one of the ladies at my table goes, my, my kid lost her arm. And I was like, I, I'll get you another server then. I don't, yeah. I'm <laughs> out. You asked for a joke, bro. I don't. <laughs> oh my I God. didn't take a survey. <laughs> One time I had a party and um, this is at the nicer restaurant that I worked at. There was a big private party in the back, like 30 or 40 people. <clears throat> Dude from Atlanta, I think he was in music, uh, came in Louis Vuitton vest, leather vest, no shirt, no nothing else. And then Louis Vuitton <laughs> leather pants. I mean, it was a pretty, he could pull it off. He was ripped to shreds. But um, 
they were in there and they were filming the whole thing. I don't know what they were doing, but they were filming the whole thing. Like they actually had like a three camera setup and everything where a guy with the, you know, the moving around with the whatever they call it, the dummy grip or whatever, where it's like attached to your body. So they had like a whole thing going on. So at the end of everything, they point the camera at me and he's like, man, you were the best server and me always promoting. I was like, yeah, follow me. Brennan T comedy.com, Brennan T comedy, Instagram. So I just say that into the camera like it's muscle memory. And they go, you do comedy. Now, it's a room full of black people. And I only say that because I have jokes where I talk about looking like a cop. And it's it's not it's not it's not a racist joke, but it's it's it, it's racial like it has to do right. with how a lot of my black friends like don't trust me because I look like a cop until they get to know me. So I have this whole bit about it. And I was like, oh, that crushes in black rooms. I'll do that bit like off rip. Like he's like, dude, tell us a joke. And I was like, oh, I'll kill him with this. Like because it's it's more about how I look like an idiot than it is anything else. But you have to listen to the joke to understand that. Yeah. Like if you just hear the trigger words like protest, Black Lives Matter, I look like a cop body cam. Like if you just hear those words, you you won't get it. You'll just get mad. So I go and at, but the joke always crushes. So I as I go to do it, I'm literally the words are about to come out of my mouth. And then an older dude in the back goes nothing racial. And I froze because I was like, well, it's not technically racial, but I use racial terms in it like black, white, things like that. So I've I froze and I was just like, uh, oh, no. And there's it's a private party of like 40 or 50 people staring at me <laughs> and I was ready to destroy them with this joke. And I knew it would work because it, it it's never failed me, especially in a black room. I was like, I'm going to get it. And I was just like, um, uh, and then I've got, <laughs> I got all these bits about my mom being the cool mom. So I just transitioned into that. And I was like, oh, I, I grew up with the cool mom and I did the bit. It's not a very strong bit. It's my favorite because it's it's close to home, but it's not it's not my strongest bit. And I did that bit and a couple of people like chuckled. And then one guy in the back was like, don't quit your day job. And I turn and I go, I work at night. <laughs> and I was just like, are you uh, fucking that was probably the worst when it came yeah. to people because you work in a restaurant, too, where people are just like, tell us a joke. And you're like, I don't. Like right. you said, with the arm thing, it's like, I don't know. And like, <laughs> I was getting ready to do a joke and the guy's like, no racial stuff. And I'm like, ah, yeah, it'd be and like right before you, you got on stage. They're like, hey, uh, we don't do music here. And you'd be like, uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I got a really good closer. That's the song. Bruh. And that's awful, too, to ask you to do a joke and then to say something like, don't quit your day job. Like, yeah, you asked me you to do it and then. And not only that, but like th what they don't understand is it's not writing jokes. Like comedy is so much more intricate the deeper you get into it. Yeah. Like it's about where you're sitting as as an audience. It's how you're sitting. It's how you're feeling. It's the host. Did they warm you up? Like putting you in a random situation with a party, you're, you're not going to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the you know, in, in is... your work uniform, put on. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, and they're all just waiting for this like killer. And it's like, that's not. This isn't that's when those kind of street <laughs> jokes work. That's when those street jokes yeah. work is yeah. situations like that. But that's why I try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At all costs, because. Yep. And that's I learned that from that because it had <laughs> happened before when I was at a different restaurant. Same thing, though, it was a fancy restaurant, private party in the back. And it was all these like business people. But they were like if we had gone to school and gotten into professional careers, it's like where we would have been. So like junior executives 
like in Florida. So they're all wearing suits, but they're like traveling for this conference, but they're all in their like late twenties, early thirties. So it's like, Oh, this is where I would have been had I just pursued a normal life. Like in this, like I would be on the other side of this corner. Right. But they were like, Oh, you do comedy. Let's, let's hear some jokes. Let's hear some jokes. And I was like, I can't. Cause my stuff is not, my stuff is very dark for the most part. It's like, I yeah. can't just willy nilly throw it out because of what I talk about. Like you have, like I have to be comfortable enough to know, okay, I'm on a stage. No one can, it'd be like, I mean, we, you live in the South. Like you don't know, you have a family and they're like, Oh, tell us a joke. And then you tell a gay joke and they're like super right-wing. Cr- like you don't know what you're walking <laughs> yeah. into. You know what I mean? <laughs> I used to work at crack Bro when I first started. Yeah, comedy, so like, so. <laughs> you don't know what you're walking into. <laughs> But I did it that time, like the, the two bosses who were in their like late 50s left. I was like, I don't I can't offend anybody, blah, blah, blah. So the bosses got up and left. And then I was like, well, I, I, I do this. I only do comedy if I get paid. So one of the dudes handed me 50 bucks and he's like, how about now? And I was like, right. I'll do five minutes for 50 bucks. Yeah, I, I would do that. <laughs> so I shut the doors to the private dining room. But I actually did well enough to where I was like, oh, like, this isn't so bad. And then fast forward like a year and a half. And then I do it in front of that other party. And I was like, I'm never ever doing this again ever <laughs> because it was so uncomfortable to just and i was just like but that's the weird thing like to what you were saying i even have a bit where i talk like i break the fourth wall and talk about comedy is 100 percent subjective like it's all based on past experiences like you had a bit where you were talking about um fixing your car and like yep. watching a youtube video and I was just like, or something with your car. And I remember yeah. you were talking about like you were, fl- it was a few years ago, but you were like flipping the screwdriver and then it fell. Yeah. Stop it. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like that's so relatable because everyone works on their car. Like that's so yeah. like, I got to do like, I got to think about stuff like that. Cause I, I'm always just like, what's the, d-? we had this running bit where it's like, oh um, yeah, that's funny. But my reaction is always, where's the murder suicide? Like, where's the, where's the darkness? <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. it doesn't have to be like that. Cause right. in this bit where I break the fourth wall, I even say like your experiences for most of this audience are not going to be like mine, but think about it from a completely objective standpoint. And it's funny. I assure you it's funny because I think it's funny. Yeah. And it's so hard to get people to understand that. Cause if you're in a well-adjusted room and you start talking about I mean, I'm sure this happens to you. If you're in a certain room and you hit a certain topic, it's like, oh, no, that's not that's not where we're going. Yep. Yep. I remember one time I uh, I did a show and this was back in like 2014, 2015. So it wasn't like it is now um, because I really did struggle a lot with being gay and like. Uh, Vince Taylor actually pulled me aside after a show once and he was like, listen, I don't want to be the one to tell you this. This this is going to sound terrible. He's like, but just trust me on it. You need to find something that's so relatable to get them on your side first and then hit them with the gay. They need to love you before you tell them. And that that car set is the one I always go to because it's so just mundane and like it's funny, but it's it's simple and it gets them on my side. And then after that, I can talk about whatever I want. But that was one of the best pieces of advice. And he also said, if you send out something like uh, I had, I do a bit about the walking dead and i always ask like who here watched the walking dead just to kind of get the crowd you know and if i don't get a response i go cool okay we'll do something else because he said like throw one line out there and then if they're not feeling it move on and that was a hard one for me to learn (laughs) it's funny you say that so i i've had people come up to me after shows who have brought other friends 
So I had um, Emily Ray, who's been on this podcast. Uh, she brought um, her wife at the time to a show. And Emily knew me from first watch. So like we were close, like we were good friends. She came to comedy all the time. Um, she like wanted to get into it. Now she's doing it where she lives upstate in New York. But she brought, like I said, her wife at the time to the show. And after the show, Emily was like, that was so good. You killed it. And um, her wife was like, I, I didn't get it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you just seem super intense and angry, like at everything. And I was like, yeah, but it's funny because if you know me, you know, I'm a big soft teddy bear. That's why that's why it's funny. And then she said, probably just like what you were talking about with Vince, the best thing that I've ever learned the hard way in comedy was she goes, yeah, but I don't know you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm in an, a room and it's filled with strangers, I have to. So I started writing more about like the mom stuff, because everyone can really everyone knows a cool mom or everyone's seen Mean Girls where the, there's the cool mom. <laughs> yeah, like, I even say that in the thing. I go, we've all seen Mean Girls and it always gets a laugh or like I, I've been doing a lot more stuff about the gym and I can't stand comics who talk about the gym only yeah. only like in my like I go so much and it's like because I'm sober. It's like my my one place I go to get away. Yeah. It's like it's not. I don't find anything that happens like funny because I don't go ironically like I go to avoid drinking. So it's like <laughs> I always but I've, I've written a few things that are relatable about that because it's like, oh, yeah, I have to show them I'm a big softy and a big like like ha, we're having fun before I get into the dark stuff or else it just turns into a fucking TED talk about suicide. And it's like nobody yeah. wants to listen to that. Right. <laughs> Right. You definitely have to get them on your side first and then and then hit them. <laughs> well, speaking of getting them on their getting them on your side. Yes. I wanted to uh, I'm going to jump around. So you sent me a list. Okay. Um, I did want to talk about uh, the sister thing first. So this is someone you think you could be comfortable with. Yeah. Your sister. Um, yeah. Tell that story. Is she older or younger? She is older. Okay. Uh, she's older. Uh, she was 18 when I was born. So she's oh, always wow. been she's, like a yeah. second parent figure. Yeah. And uh, when coronavirus hit and I was up in New York, I called her up and I was like, hey, because, you know, when it first started, they were like, we just have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, I remember so that. I was like, yeah. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let me come down to Florida, spend some time with family. That way I'm not cooped up in this 600 square foot apartment. And uh, I 600. Yeah. Lucky you. Lucky. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Where were you? Uh, uh, I was in the Bronx, so I was oh. right near the Fordham area. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'll take we'll... 525 on 53rd and second, baby. <laughs> it's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Yeah. When we come back up, we're going to Manhattan for sure. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's so expensive. I go, I'm in the fucking middle of the greatest city in the world. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Not only that, but you don't have car. You don't have yeah. a car. You, you don't have a car. So payment, you don't have car insurance. No, my my bills did not change. Uh, yeah. I was paying a $400 car payment when I lived in Orlando before I moved to New York. Yeah, so I was paying seven hundred dollars with my car car insurance Ooh. and my car payment because uh, my DUIs and stuff. So I was paying oh, seven hundred bucks a month, and then I canceled all of it, and I was like, "Oh, my my rent only went up two hundred dollars." And then I canceled all that other stuff, so it's like, "Oh, I'm actually up five hundred bucks." Yeah, yeah, and you make more because you're a server, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you make more. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't even have to ask. I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I was never as rich as I was living in New York. Yeah, it's. <laughs> and then I'm actually getting offers from other restaurants because 
Savannah's a manager at a steakhouse and her big bosses who run like the whole East coast are like, well, tell him if he, if he doesn't like that, if he doesn't like where he's at, he can come. We were, we have much busier stores. He can come work for Cause they have no servers. Cause unemployment yeah. runs till September. So I'm like, yep. geez, I've got all sorts of options up here. Yep. Yep. It's but awesome. <laughs> you were saying you, so you think yes. two weeks <laughs> we're going to yeah. go to Florida. Yeah. And my sister, she lives on a bunch of land. So um, she has, it sounds awful that she put me in a shed. Okay. But just go with it. All right. It was nice. It was air conditioned. It was supposed to only be for two weeks. So we're in this shed. It's next to her. She's a dog trainer. She has a dog training facility. That facility has a bathroom. So we would like sleep in the shed and it had like power out. I had power. Like, okay. <laughs> sounds awful. Are you with um, Rachel? You, you and Rachel are both in the shed. Yes. Okay. <laughs> in, the, in the she shed, as we eventually shed. called it. <laughs> and um, I, uh, being in Florida, you immediately decide to pick up a white claw or 12. Yeah. Or and 12. yeah, and I did that. Um, and I have this habit. Um, it happens. If I chug a lot of alcohol before I go to sleep, I immediately, I want to say it's sleepwalking because I remember everything. So I don't think it's blackout. I think yeah. I legit go to sleep and then I sleepwalk and I try to pee. And most of the times I end up in a closet and Rachel catches me because thankfully she's a light sleeper. Yeah. Um, but in this she shed, the bathroom was not in where we slept. So I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And Evan, I don't remember this. Evidently, I woke up and was like, I'm out of the bathroom. And Rachel was like, Sam, you don't have pants on. I was like, I'm fine. And I like headed outside in deep, dark, deland woods. Oh, God. <laughs> this, uh, and, and walked to her training Dance facility. Pants. Yeah. And the best part about it is my sister has a security camera in her dog training facility. <laughs> my sister is a very nice lady. So it was never brought up to me that I walked through her facility with no pants on. But I know for a fact they also get alerts on that camera. So yeah. she 100% saw it. She's just very nice. Oh, God. <laughs> so what ended up happening? Where did you go pee? I did pee properly. Oh, I you think did? when yeah, I was just confused. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I I peed and everything. I I did good. I did good. <laughs> I um I talked about it before, but it's like how many times do you have to wake up out of a blackout and pee on a nightstand until you realize you have a drinking problem? And I always oh. am like, for me, it was five. It was five times. And then I was like, maybe I should stop doing this because you think it's the urinal. I don't know what happens, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like I get up and I'm like, I have to pee. And then I would just always end up peeing either in my closet, like you said, or on my nightstand mm -hmm. or something like that. And you're just like, huh? <laughs> I'm so, so lucky. Uh, I have I only have actually peed on one terrible thing and all the other times that I tried to pee, Rachel has caught me. So that's what was exciting. the one terrible thing? I peed on a hotel chair once. Okay. Um, uh, I that that's was, where you're going with that. Yeah. That was uh, the 13 Dos Equis that I had. Here's the thing. My friend taught me uh, a really cool riff on guitar, like literally right before I went to bed and I woke up and I remembered it. Oh, so, really? Again, not blackout. Like yeah. it had, but uh, so we go to bed and I guess I, I had gotten up and I, the way the bathroom was set up in this hotel was it had two entrances. So Rachel saw me go into the bathroom, like half asleep was like, oh, okay, she's going pee. 
and then uh, fell back asleep. She didn't realize that I had walked through. <laughs> you just wa- you just kept going. I went, just kept on. And I guess I, I pulled the chair out from the dining room table. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't remember anything. All I remember is waking up in this chair and I sidebar. Um, whenever I would drink at the theme parks and stuff, I would like, this is weird. I would power nap. So if I went to the bathroom, I would count to 10 with my eyes closed just to okay. get a little bit of rest. Yeah. <laughs> like if I was super wasted. I'd be like, all right, one, two, three. Okay. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I used to do that when I was younger, when I would drive, not because I was drinking, but just like coming home from work late at night, I would stop at a red light and I was like, okay, the person behind me will honk and that'll wake me up. I was so yeah. tired that I would stop at the red light and then just like pass out for like 10 seconds and then they'd honk and I'd be like, oh, ah, and then start driving. <laughs> it's a great alarm clock. Yeah. So evidently, uh, all I remember is her waking me up. I'm on the hotel chair with my pants pulled down and everything. And uh, evidently, when she woke me up, I went seven, eight, nine. (laughs) 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 And all I remember is her looking me in the eyes going, Sam, this isn't good. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to bed and I guess she she's so sweet. She um, she tolerates a lot. She actually cleaned the chair and the carpet with hotel shampoo. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. And then so you guys didn't get charged for it? Nope. Nope. She did a really good job and went That's home with awesome. me. And <laughs> she's um, everyone listening. Go definitely check out Samantha's TikTok because that's how <laughs> that's how I've gotten to know Rachel over the last <laughs> six months or so. It's because she she is a mainstay in your TikToks. Oh, yeah. I, I love it because uh, a lot of the times when we're filming TikToks, it's like after work and I'm really tired. Like I've already taken a shower. And so like half the time I'm in pajamas at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, that's first watch life, baby. <laughs> and so it's really nice to look at her and be like, hey, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm not wearing a bra. You ready? Okay. <laughs> like, so it's nice to be able to continue to film TikToks and I don't even have to get dressed for it because yeah. she's just like, yeah, let's do it. Sounds great. <laughs> And does she really genuinely love the cats as much as she seems to in those TikToks? Yes. Yeah. It's um, so I work at First Watch, but because of coronavirus and she's going to school full time right now for marketing. Um, fingers crossed she uses it on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so she's at home all the time. So she takes care of the cats. And yeah, I mean, she's rigorous about their feeding routines. They all need something different. I don't understand. The anything. one where you were like, you're fat, you're fat. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, she gets so mad because I, I love to pick on Primrose. That's her favorite cat. Yeah. How many <laughs> yeah. cats do you guys have in total? Four. Okay. Yeah. I just know we, Ray because yeah. we have He's you and best. I both have an affinity for Star Wars. Oh, that was uh, Rachel wanted Ray and I did not want another cat. And I saw a picture of him and I have a soft spot for tabby cats and he has stripes. So no, okay. I was like. Uh, we'll take him but we thought he was a girl which is why i named him ray and then we took him to the vet once and they were like this is a boy and i was like well ray works all right yeah the same thing happened to me with uh, my ex we got a dog and the the uh humane society where we got the dog was like oh it's like in the paperwork it said female and i was like oh because i i was real big on that movie i am legend so i was like oh we'll call the dog sam like nice. after Samantha, like in mm-hmm. I Am Legend, because he calls the dog Sam the whole movie. And then when the dog spoiler, when the dog dies, he goes, Samantha. And everyone's like, oh, it's a girl dog. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's classic. So I was like, we'll name the dog Sammy. 
Um, and then they were like, oh, it's a boy. And I was like, Sam, going with Sam then, I guess. <laughs> it Samuel. works. Yeah, we'll just switch it up to Samuel. There we go. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to touch on a couple other things. Um, so we were talking about this before, but you were saying you, you've really cut back on your drinking since yeah. obviously some of these escapades that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, the actually me walking outside trying to pee at my sister's house was one of those uh, where I was like, all right, this is getting out of control. So like I tried to slow down and it just, it never worked. Like I, yeah. if I had alcohol, then I was going to drink it. And once I start, I don't stop. And, um, you know, before the pandemic, it was I don't like, mean to interrupt you, but it's just no, it's, it's so interesting because obviously I'm like that, but way worse. But it's interesting to me that that's that personality kind of defect, as it were, is the only reason we're surviving in stand up. Because <laughs> it's like, no, I, I need you know what I mean? It's like, no, I don't yeah. I don't care how much how much pain comes with this. I'm going to keep doing it. I love yeah. this. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> And when we talk about booze, everyone's like, that's you're an addict. You need you need help. You need meetings. But then when we talk about stand up. Everyone's like, that's that's perseverance. There you go. That's it's passion. Like, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> there you. Don't you know? Good for you. Don't you know? <laughs> so, what so you- but being in the restaurant industry, you know, we're all alcoholics. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. I mean, if you're a server and uh, your other server comes in hungover, what do you do? You help them out. Yeah. <laughs> they had a, a rough night. Sneak a couple shots from the bar. Hair of the dog. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you you help them. Like it's it's not an abnormal thing to be hungover at work. It's yeah. not crazy to go out and get trashed after work. And I, then same thing with comedy. Yeah, exactly. They pay you in drink tickets. And yeah. so I'm living this life where I'm everywhere I look, people are doing what I'm doing. So the fact that I bring home a 12 pack of Bud Light Lime, I hate to admit that was my, <laughs> you know, and I'm crushing that Bud Light Lime. Uh, I mean, I was having that like, five, six times a week. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, the full 12 pack passing out, getting back up and, you know, heading back out to work. And then I moved to New York. It got a little bit better, but when coronavirus hit, um, you know, my, my, those things went away, stand up and, and serving. And so here I am sitting in nothingness, still drinking excessively. So I'm like, Oh, I can't blame this on anything. Yeah. It doesn't seem so normal anymore now. Does (laughs) it? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a problem. And now I'm drinking earlier. It's not a nighttime thing where my girlfriend's sleeping and doesn't see the problem. Yeah. Seeing it now. (laughs) Don't think I didn't have that going on in my office. I remember we bought a a two bedroom townhome and I was like, oh, we'll turn the other bedroom into like a man cave office thing. And I would just hide the bottles next to my lounge chair Mm -hmm. in there on the other side. So if she came in and turned and looked at me, she couldn't see it because it was on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) and so I, I, I ended up drinking one time because I was trying to slow down. And then I went out. Uh, we had a couple of, of drinks. We were having a good time. And we got back home. And Rachel looked at me and was like, hey, I think, I think now is the time to, you know, slow down a bit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the last thing I remember. I woke up in bed the next morning and was like, oh, wow. I don't remember getting to bed, but I remember her telling me not to drink anymore. I have a feeling (laughs) that I drank some more and I apparently did. Um, And I just, I felt like ass. I felt like such a prick for doing that to her, you know, because she had asked me not to. And I was like, wow, I started thinking and like visualizing my life without alcohol. And I was like, I think I could do it. Like, I think I could stop. 
And so I, I made the choice. I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to not drink for a month and just see how I feel. And she was like, sounds great. Love it. How did that go? Awesome. Good. I went the whole month. Um, about week two, I went and got some NA beers and that worked for me perfectly. Um, I remember once I had a really bad day at work, came home and chugged two NAs back to back. Like they're not going to do anything. It just felt great. Yeah. (laughs) And then I went the whole month and then I, it slowly started to creep back and I, you know, it started with once a week then it was twice a week. And then all of a sudden I was drinking every night. And one day I came home and Rachel was like, so I poured out all the alcohol. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, got it. All right. (laughs) Yeah. You win. Party's over. (laughs) And from then on, like, it just like the desire to keep doing that, like went away. And like, still, I still have those times where if I drink excessively one day, I'll wake up the next day and be like, man, I'm ready to do it again. But if I let two or three days go by without yeah. drinking, then I'm back to being like, all right, I don't need it. So you still drink, just not, you just don't keep it in the house or anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a few bottles here, which is exciting for me. I don't touch them. That's, <laughs> that's nice. Um, but like my girlfriend's birthday was July 31st and I looked at her and I was like, you're driving. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. So um, we, I, and I, I, we talk about it all the time in certain places. I'm not allowed to mention them because they're anonymous, but we talk about this kind of, um, lifestyle of like heavy drinking versus alcoholism. Cause I, I have people who come to me and be like, Oh my God, I, I need to go to a meeting. I need to quit. And I'm like, well, if you genuinely want to come to a meeting, I'll, I'll take you like, that's no problem at all. They're like, yeah, you know, I, I drank so much last night and I texted my ex, uh, and I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, I haven't had a drink in like three or four days since then. But, you know, I feel really shitty about doing it. And I'm just like, I don't think you fully understand what it is I went through. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I had been rushed. I had gone to the hospital. And when I was in college, I, uh, Dan, who was on this podcast, the original drinking buddy, took me to the hospital for alcohol poisoning in college. And literally within 12 hours, I was drinking again. So oh it's like gosh. I but it's like when people are yeah. like, yeah, I had a rough weekend. But it, so it's it's nice when I have people on the show who are like, yeah, I drank a lot and then I just don't anymore. And to me, yeah. that's that's actually refreshing because it's like, oh, I destroyed my life like six or seven times before. You know what I mean? Like lost yeah. jobs, fiance left, you know, hospital visits, jail time. And I still was just like everybody else is the fucking issue. <laughs> It wasn't until this last time where I was like, okay, party's over. Maybe I'm the issue. So it's nice that you can be like, you know, once every every once in a while, you're like, nah, Rachel, you're driving. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely have those times. Like I have a rule, like if we're at a theme park. (laughs) Yeah. We we need to get a hotel because we're not making it home. Okay. (laughs) So are you, um, I did want to ask you this. Uh, Are you a big theme park person? Because I know, let me let me rephrase that. So I know you love Star Wars, and I yeah. I'm super passionate about it. Obviously, more so than you. I don't know if you can see the shirt I'm wearing, uh, but uh, that is amazing. Thank you. Um, but uh, and I it's so weird. I just because I have so many Star Wars graphic tees, I didn't even think like, oh, Sam's coming on. Same. I got wear Star Wars shirt. I just put it on. <laughs> but um, so I was a huge Disney fan over Universal. Mainly because I'm not a big roller coaster guy because of my anxiety. I, I hate roller coasters. So I like Disney anyway. But then they opened up the Star Wars universe and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, there's no reason to go anywhere else. So right. my ex and I would go all the time 
And this is before it was even fully like open, open when they just had the, a couple of the rides in Hollywood, the former Hollywood studios. So are you more of a Disney person or universal person? Because I know you're close to Orlando. So what are you what are you normally doing? Um, if it's, if it's Rachel's choice, then we're going to Disney. Um, if we're doing a longer stay, I would like to do Disney just cause there's more parks. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, if I had to pick, where am I going to go have fun? It, it would be universal. Okay. But galaxy so roller coaster Edge, person. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like Dr. Doom is my favorite. Just oh, pick me up and drop me, dude. You. Love it. Love it. <laughs> if I, oh, I want to drift out for a minute. Like there's I'm that moment on rock and roller coaster where you this. just, uh, <laughs> That's oh, I love it. I don't <laughs> just pass me out of it. Just, oh God. just for a minute, just for a second. It's fine. <laughs> love it. Rock and roller coaster. They play music. So you don't even realize that you're, you don't even like, realize you're passing out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so you had a story on here about about Disney, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so I refuse to go to Magic Kingdom. Um, OK, I, is that I, a political choice or a? It is uh, Walt number- Disney was a fascist and an anti-Semite. I'm not going there. <laughs> uh, there are too many kids. It's too crowded. Okay. Uh, the rides are, but I just, I'm just not a fan. And uh, because of the heavy drinking, they didn't serve alcohol. So I don't, I don't see the point. And then it's funny because anytime yeah. you say to a Disney employee, "Oh, you guys don't serve alcohol in Magic Kingdom," they're like, "You can get it at the castle." Yeah. Like, yeah, with a reservation and then you get two drinks, barely a buzz. You're down thirty two dollars and you're back in the sun. sobering Epcot, up for the longest time. Epcot was Awful. the only place that served alcohol as far as the parks. Universal, you can get it anywhere. But as far oh, as yeah. the Disney parks, it was just Epcot for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, it's everywhere else now. Woo. Yeah, they changed it. <laughs> and um, so I just I didn't like it for I mean, it's overcrowded rides are butt and no alcohol. <laughs> I just so. thought you were going to take it. I genuinely thought uh, you were taking a different stance on this <laughs> no. like no the rides suck <laughs> yeah it's shit. awful it's a terrible time um and so i was nice and said that i would go well okay. uh we end up going something happened with a friend it's kind of tragic it's her business but um so it turns out you can't cry at disney so she starts she gets a phone call it's not good she cries they shuffle us into a room they give us like you know oh wait hang on hang on whoa whoa, whoa. That's a legit thing. Yeah, like you, can't, you cry. can't cry. You can't cry, Disney. If you're I thought you meant like someone came up, was like, oh, my God, is everything OK? But they literally won't let you be crying out in public. Yeah, they're like, oh, ma'am, come with me. Oh, what's going on? Let's go talk over here. Yeah. Holy shit. They got they put us in a separate room. <laughs> That's bananas. <laughs> us. Yeah, dude, they shuffled us out, bro. <laughs> There's it was no good crying though. at Disney. <laughs> There's a, you know, at Disney, it's like six bucks for a bottle of water. So we got like $18 worth of water. Yeah. Hell and, yeah. Cause they, they gave it to us for free. And uh, I'm already like, I don't want to be there, but they were like, we have three fast passes. Cause that's all you can book for the day. They're like, Sam, we're going to go to magic kingdom. We're going to ride three rides and then we're going to get out of here. I was that's like, what Rachel was saying to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, dope. Let's do it. Let's. And then we'll, I think we were going to Hollywood studios or something next. Yeah. I was like, awesome. Cool. Right. So I'm like in and out. We're doing this. Well, she, we end up getting into the cry room. They come in and they go, hey, ladies. So we scanned your magic bands and we saw that you had fast passes and you've now missed all of your fast passes. So we went ahead and rescheduled them. Good, this thanks is, a lot, Rachel. Yeah. This is where it gets bad. They go and to sprinkle a little extra fairy dust on your vacation. Ugh, here's three <laughs> more. 
So I'm stuck in this fucking park, okay, <laughs> for six rides. I'm so mad. I'm literally, we went on Thunder Mountain. I was reading on my iPhone, really? riding the ride. I should piss off all day, dude. I'm so mad. <laughs> a little extra fairy dust. God. Fairy dust. Oh, you sick. <laughs> and so uh, I looked at Rachel and I was like, I need to be out of this park by the time I finish this book. All right. <laughs> finish it. And then I don't have anything to do. And I, I finished it and they were still shopping. So I'm angry. So um, was Rachel excited? Uh, I mean, obviously she had a tragic thing happen, but when yeah. they came in and they were like, hey, extra fast. Oh, they passes, were so were, happy. Oh, they were. OK. Oh, yeah. They were ecstatic. They were having the time of their lives. We still have a photo of me like sank face and both of them are just hands up on the roller coaster That's having awesome. the time of their life. That's hilarious. And so we end up going to a bar at like the boardwalk and uh, one of the servers there we knew because we go to the theme parks all the time. And so she <laughs> snuck me a little yeah. extra extra. And okay. so I'm already just feeling great after leaving here and i continue drinking throughout the day i end up going to uh we so what time to- did you get to magic Kingdom? like what time of the day is this now that you're done with magic kingdom it was like three or four okay so you and got so- there at like 9 a.m and then did the yeah. whole thing and then okay all day <laughs> and so i just kept on drinking and i eventually just i just stupid drunk and i got super mad we were walking back to the hotel and they weren't walking fast enough for me so I start booking yeah. it, right? And I'm repeating the hotel number in my head because I had asked them. I think it was like 5610 or something. So I'm just walking and I'm like, 5610, 5610. I'm not going to forget this. Mm-mm-mm. I get completely lost. I fall into a bush and I remember <laughs> laying there in the bush being like, this stupid Disney bush just tripped me. Why do they make bushes that trip people? This is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. I'm so mad. And so I end up stopping a guy on a golf cart. <laughs> like, like an stand- employee? Yeah, by standing in front of the golf cart. I was like, he's not going to hit me. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here going 5610, 5610, right? And I hobble up. He stops the cart. I hobble up. I sit down. I don't ask questions. I don't ask him if he works there. Nothing. I sit down and I go 5610. He was like, all right. And he drove me to the hotel room. Really? Yeah. Didn't ask. He was like, all right, 5610, ma'am. She's she obviously just needs to go sleep this off, whatever yep. this is. Let's let, we'll take her. We'll take her. Yep. <laughs> wow. See, that's yeah. I've never I shouldn't say never, because only a Sith deals in absolutes, but I haven't You're so I kind. say I say these things all the time. It's just because you're here, you understand them. <laughs> I don't like sand, it's coarse. That was a the great amount TikTok of people that were like, I don't get it. I was like, oh, oh, really? Not a, yeah, I'm not explaining this to you. How is this Star Fucking Wars related? Assholes. Oh, God. yeah. My um, I have a bit of I don't know if you've ever seen the bit I do, but I talk about love a lot on stage. And so I talk about how Star Wars is the greatest love story ever told. And then everyone always kind of gets like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I like it for the lightsabers, the lightsabers and the, the spaceships and the, you know, the, all that kind of stuff. But the reason I really love it is because it's the greatest love story. And people always look at me sideways and I go to sum it up. Like I won't do the whole thing, but to sum it up, I'm like, Anakin Skywalker killed six year olds to try to save Padme. <laughs> Would you kill anyone for your significant other? <laughs> and everyone always gets quiet. And I'm always like, yeah, greatest love story. <laughs> what a good, that's a hot take. That's Thank good. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been, I'm, I'm okay at the comedy thing. <laughs> but when you do it in a room full of people who aren't huge Star Wars fans, they don't yeah, get it. They don't. 
because Revenge of nope. the Sith, I, I honestly have Revenge of the Sith as number two as far as all nine films. And just, oh, yeah. I still it's cry. My favorite. I still yeah. cry to this day when mm-hmm. he screamed, when they're in the, when they're at Mustafar and he's screaming, you were the chosen one. I loved you. You were my, oh. I still, I get teary. I just thinking about it. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. I'm not even going to lie. When this- he turns his face and that Jedi council building is burning down and it's half and half, half yeah. light, half dark goosebumps every time I every can't. time I'm like, please stop she loves you yeah ah you anyway have to do this <laughs> what we're talking about oh disney <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be all over people are gonna be like what the fuck are they doing <laughs> but um in my experience when it comes to like getting hammered i don't oh that's what i said never and i then i said sis don't deal in absolutes and then i went off on a tangent um <laughs> But very rarely will I get hammered and maybe it's because I look the way I look like I, I can be intimidating at times. And I've got scars, you know, all over my body and stuff. So if I wear a T-shirt, people are like, the fuck's this guy's issue? So I've not found it very invi- like I've not found it when I try to do something like that. I was like, oh, this person will help me. A lot of times it's <laughs> like, oh, no, they're, they won't. I've actually one time I got arrested long story short because i thought oh this person will help me i was at a tailgate and i kind of got like turned around from my friends so i just went and started hanging out with these people and i was like hey can you take me back and i guess i was getting kind of loud and i was like can you take me back with my friends and there's <laughs> oh, cops no. walking up and down and they're like hey can you get this fucking guy out of here same thing happened at the walmart during the hurricane when i got my second dui i tried to go in and they're like no we're closing because of the hurricane and i started like I was drunk, but I was just like, just let me go in and get my stuff. And they're like, this guy's causing us a problem. Get him out of here. And I'm like, can't someone just help me? <laughs> I just want my booze and my cigarettes. It definitely helps to be a girl sometimes. Yeah. Um, you can just be like yeah. 1056. Yeah. I had a guy at Disney one time buy me a drink. Uh, I did not realize I was flirting with him. Oh, yeah. I guess that's... I was. And, uh, you know, like just because he was a cool dude, I guess I touched his arm or something and his wife like kind of got uncomfortable. And Rachel goes, oh, that's my girlfriend. And so then the wife also bought me a drink. Oh, really? (laughs) She thought it was funny. Her husband was trying so hard. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. God. Yeah. Does that happen to you after shows? Um, I mean, if you if this is too not if you don't want to talk about it, just let me know. But does that ever happen where you have to? Cause I know you talk about being gay on stage. So does that ever yeah. happen where people, cause I've heard Dr. Anna Lepoli talk about this where people, guys will come up to her afterwards and be like, Oh, if you were with me, you wouldn't be gay or something like that. Does that happen to you too? Um, I have, I've had it happen, but it's mostly like friends. Oh, really? Um, but when I like first came out, because when I came out, I was still a virgin. Okay. Um, I had never slept with anybody. I had never kissed anybody. I was just like, I'm gay. And so a lot of people are like, you don't know what you are. Oh, I see. Okay. And so then guys would say stuff like that. But normally it shows I really don't have to deal with it. Um, I really can't think of an instance where it's happened to me. I have had guys like call me over and tell me they're OK with gay people. That's fun. What? Yeah, I was in Home Assassin doing a show once and this guy was like, hey, come here. And I was like, OK. And like, it's Home Assassin. So I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? He was yeah. like, hey, I want to let you know we don't have a problem with queers here. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you did not have to say it. <laughs> oh, it's implied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, appreciate the tidbit, sir. Sounds I've great. got three different things I might use for the title of this episode. 
but we don't have a problem with queers here. Might be the number one. <laughs> it's gonna say your name right before it, so they're gonna be like, Good. "What is Sam talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, I love it. Um. All right, so I want to get to uh, this. I saved this story for last because this happened at Rockville. Yes. My uh, yes. that's in Jacksonville. Yep. Everybody loves Rockville. My my uh, home no more of Jacksonville, Florida. So you um are you a big concert person? Um, so I have like um I have a small group of friends that I became friends with at Cracker Barrel, and they're like my circle. Like I have friends in comedy, and I have friends within my improv troupe, but I have like super close friends, and those friends like to go to Disney, and they like rock concerts. So okay. I go to drink. <laughs> and yeah, hang out with say, my you're friends. Not, are, you not, are you you're not real big? I know you're huge into music, but you're not real big into rock, are you? No, no. Rachel knows more of the bands. Like I know some of them. Like yeah. one year they had the used and I lost my mind because I was like, what is this high school? And then <laughs> um I really like in this moment. Uh that's probably my favorite like rock band. Okay. Um their lead singer is really, really talented. And the, also their like presentation on stage is phenomenal. Highly recommend. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge rock fan but i i love life music and drinking yeah with so why <laughs> so. not do both yep <laughs> sounds great so what's the year set this up um this had to be like three or four years back um in jacksonville and um i have this problem where it, i can throw up and keep going yeah well, fuck yeah and, puke and rally bro my no, older sister you gotta... taught that to me <laughs> no i'm being dead serious yeah. Yeah, because I used to I used to just sit with my stomach ache. So I have such bad anxiety that I could I could throw up at the drop of a hat. But when I when I used to drink, I would try like when I was younger, I used to try so hard not to throw up. Yeah, because I was like, oh, it's going to ruin the night. And then I think I must have been like 22 or 23. And I was at my sister's. She she was just on the show, Emily. And we uh, talked about I think it was the story we talked about going to her house to party. And she was like, why don't you just throw up, get it out of your system? And like just rebound. And I go, oh, because once you throw up, it ruins the night. She goes, says who? And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Says nobody. Like, it's totally in, up to me what happens. Right. So I started I doing that when I was like yeah. 22, 23, like puke and rally. Yeah. And I'll make myself sometimes because I'm like, yeah. oh, gosh, like it's gurgly. I got to go. Just I'd rather just throw up, get it over with and sit with the stomach ache for an hour. Yeah, Absolutely. And so I, uh, you know, it was normal for me and Rachel do this. Like I could throw up and keep drinking. Savannah but my friends, too, even yeah. to this day, because <laughs> my anxiety is so bad. Even to this day, I'll just like be like, I don't feel good. And I'll just go throw up and spin. I like, oh, Brennan being Brennan. <laughs> and so my friends didn't know. Well, uh, <laughs> they did not know this about me. Um, and so we had eaten these like tater tots um, and I was super hungry because, of course, when you drink, there comes a time where you're the just drunchies. like food. Yeah, dude. And so I just start down in these tater tots, just whatever. And uh, later on, I'm puking and my friends are like, oh, my God, Sam, are you OK? And Rachel's back there being like, she's fine. She does this. It's, <laughs> it's whatever. And my friend, I don't know why she would, maybe because she was also drinking, but she walks over and inspects. Oh, inspects, that's yeah. disgusting. And she points and goes, Sam, what the fuck? That's a whole tot. I was hungry. <laughs> I was like, I didn't chew. <laughs> it was not digested. It just in and out. Wow. Like, yeah. Like a goldfish. I was like, that's talent. Yep. Yep. That is talent. 
so that's now a thing that we all say every once in a while. We'll be like, that's a whole tot. That's a whole for no reason. There we go. Found it. After all those (laughs) other titles, that's a whole (laughs) tot. That's a whole tot. I got to write that down so I don't forget. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, this was a blast. I'm so glad you came on. Uh, Tell everyone uh, more in depth about the sketch show, what you're doing with that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like you were saying that we did a, um, some media stuff with Zach Bennett um, and that's a lot of our performance uh, past. Um, so quarantine live stream was a thing and we did videos for that. And then when quarantine live stream ended, I was like, Oh no, what do I do now? And so I started making videos and it's weird because before the pandemic, I only did improv and stand up. And uh, when the pandemic happened and those two things were taken away from me, my brain was like, we write sketches now. And I was like, no, we don't <laughs> like we, We've never done this. It was like, no, we do now. <laughs> and so now I write sketches. Um, so it has, it usually consists of like a couple of sketches, a song. And then I like to throw in something of like Rachel and I, whether it be like a game show kind of thing or whatever. And, we're doing um, it once a week. It's, it's weren't fun. you at one point? I, yeah. Yeah. That's and then lot. I, yeah. And then I got a job and I was like, all right, we're going to do this every two weeks. Cause they were originally 10 minute episodes every week. Then it went down to every two weeks doing a 15 minute episode. And then I just got completely burnt out and I quit for like three months. I was like, okay. uh, and I played GTA online for three months. I wish I could say that I read comedy books or I tried to productive. write new material. Yeah. No, nothing. I went to work, came home and played GTA Fuck and I was yeah. very successful. Okay. All right. I grew I, a stupid amount of levels. I'm amazing on GTA now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I just recently brought it back a couple of months ago. I'm doing 30 minute episodes and it's only once a month. And okay. hopefully I'll be able to maintain that and not burn myself out. But it's a lot of fun and it's a way to channel my energy because I'm still not doing stand up shows right now just because the Florida numbers are insane. I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't. Up I don't here in New York, kid. it's kind of yeah. it, it's it's weird because they're like, oh, our numbers are spiking. I'm like, I'm from Florida. You guys don't really I don't think you understand what the word spike means. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. don't think they know what the word gentrification means either, because there's certain apartments we were looking at and they're like, oh, the area is gentrified. And I walked out of the subway and I go, I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> we got a bougie coffee shop, but that's it. Yeah. I was like, there's a dude yeah. lying on the ground right here from yeah. a heroin overdose. Like, what are we what? <laughs> But we have a Starbucks. Yeah, so but we have an artisanal coffee shop, though. Um, <laughs> so now you're yeah. doing it once a month. Yeah, because I remember when we were doing the thing with Zach, because you're really good at the editing and all that kind of stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. And I'll never one of my favorite videos that you did was I was like, I was wondering because you were doing like a, the dedication to all the different live streams. Yeah. Was getting towards the end of it. And I was like, motherfuckers not going to put me in the dedication. <laughs> Cause it was literally the end of it. And I yeah, was like, was. this son of a bitch. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, I feel something. What'd you say? Like heterosexual over here. And it's yeah. gross. <laughs> I think I like banged your name with like a, like a garden. A, a little, yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> like drug your name out of the ground. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I made it. And the only reason I did it is because in one of your sketches or one of your things, when you were talking to Zach, you were like, I don't edit. Like some people. Yeah. And like, you never named me, but I was like, he's talking about me. I know because you were so good at the editing. And I was like, sorry, I did it on my phone through iMovie. I've been so frustrated. So I, 
obviously I benefited um, personally through the pandemic just because I started the podcast and I joined a podcast network for my sports show. And the podcast is cool because it's tangible. So it's one of those things where if I meet another comic, I can always say, hey, do you want to do my podcast? It's not like, hey, do you want to do my show? It's this day, you know, clear your schedule. It takes, you know, you're going to waste an entire night for five minutes. Like, it's not any yeah. of that. It's just, hey, do you have an hour? We'll come and shoot the shit. And comics love, we love talking about ourselves. So it's like, yeah, yeah. most of the time. I've only ever had one or two people say no. I've had a few like real big name comics not respond back to me uh, because I've like just randomly messaged them. Not, yeah, why not? Like, yeah, just being like, I guess, yeah. shoot the shot. Um, but I've only had two actually legit be like, no, I can't. Like, I'm that's not part of my brand or whatever. But um, but it's it's cool to have it. And this is only because of being on lockdown. Because I honestly wanted to start this podcast for uh, over a decade. Yeah. Um, and I've told that story on the first episode, like how this old podcast drinking buddies came to be. And then now it's ex drinking buddies. But it was being in the like you're saying, being in the lockdown and like not having anything to do. And your brain was like, oh, I guess we do a sketch show now. And my brain was like, <laughs> I like to talk like, I guess we're going to start that fucking podcast now, aren't we? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> it's just navigating as things come back, how to keep incorporating it, you know? Yeah. And it's it's difficult, too, because I know, like you said, with the schedule, you just had to stop because you got burnt out. And yeah, for me, my biggest fear is to stop doing the podcast, even if it's for a week, because. The one thing I always hear is consistency. Like you have to be consistent with the podcast. You have yeah. to. Um, and so that's why like last or two weeks ago, I put out a solo show and it was just me telling random stories about like proposing drunk and like stealing a car and all this kind of stuff. But it's just like, I mean, if that's what I got to do to put out an episode, that's what I have to do because and I'm sure you noticed this, but when you stop doing the sketch show and then you bring it back, it's like the whole audience you built is just gone. And it's like, Oh, oh yeah, they I were gone. Start- yeah, it's like I gotta start <laughs> yeah. all over again now. Yeah, I had a few um, dedicated viewers that that showed up. But what was also funny is the minute I stopped, people that I worked with who had never liked a video, who had never commented on a video, was like, "You stopped doing the sketch show." And then you know, people like on Facebook would thing. randomly message me that I haven't talked to in years that are like, "Oh, I know you haven't been putting up videos," and I'm like, "Why wouldn't you comment? Yeah, or like." that would have kept me going but i literally I, felt like i was doing this for no reason nobody and myself out for nobody and so i shut it down you guys are watching it <laughs> that's the one really good thing about squarespace that i do the i upload the main uh you are or the main uh yeah url through uh squarespace for the pocket or excuse me the rss feed through squarespace and it tracks your analytics so there are times where i'm i'll put a question out to the patreon or i'll Say something in an episode like right now. I'll be like, email me at Brennan Tassif at BrennanTComedy.com, please, for the love of God, because I pay for that email and no one emails me. <laughs> and I still this episode will come out next week. Still, I won't get a single email. And I'm just like, nobody's listening. But then, yeah. like you said, yeah. I'll go. I luckily with Squarespace, I can check the numbers and I'm like, oh, like they're according to their numbers, there are thousands of people listening. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. 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 But it, like you said, it's just nobody comments, nobody interacts with you. And then it's like, hey, you stopped doing the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? There, We had a uh, headphone Joe, the shadow producer of the show on. Um, and he uh, he we had him on to promote his latest album. And then he like messaged me. He goes, hey, uh, do you know anybody in Oklahoma? 
And I was like, yeah, I lived there for a little while. I did stand up up there. Like, I've got a few friends. He goes, yeah, I'm getting a lot of record sales in Oklahoma. And I was like, oh, my. Wow. I guess people from I was like, I know of one person that lives in Oklahoma. Shout out to you, Brandon, who's bought some ex drinking buddy merch who listens to the show. But he said he's sold like 15 or 20 albums in Oklahoma. So I was like, how are there that many people in Oklahoma listening to the show? <laughs> it's wild, too, because especially with video views, if they view, I think it's like seven seconds that it counts as a view. So I would see that the video is viewed 200 times or something. But it's like, yeah. I would think that was somebody scrolling. Yeah. You know, I was I would think that was somebody who stopped and was like, meh. And moved on after seven seconds. And so Facebook counted it. And then comes to find out that it could have possibly been a full. Well, it's even the same thing with you. The the like the stuff I've been putting up online right before we left for New York. I was like, oh, I'm going to take these all these farewell to Florida shows and cut them up. And like I'm going to post every single day to TikTok and to Instagram, like Mm -hmm. every single day. And I did it for like three days straight. And I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm I'm not doing this anymore. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But you, the reason why this all got put into motion was you reached out to me and you go, hey, I want to use one of these clips yeah. from a sketch show. I really like it. And I was like, the fuck? People are actually watching this? <laughs> I was watching it. I was laughing and I showed it to Rachel and she laughed. And I was like, I think I'm going to contact him. Like, we don't really talk too much, but I want to put him in my show. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, do it. And then <laughs> you I reached out to just- me and then I was like, fuck, you should come on my show. I was super excited. I was like, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm always scared. I don't know how you reach out to people all the time. Cause there's some comedians that I want to do like a little friend clip or whatever on the show, but it's like, I don't really have the views to where it's like, Hey, this is really going to get you some followers. Like yeah. it probably won't <laughs> like, I'm going to be real, but you know, uh, so I have problems like reaching out to comedians to other comedians and stuff like that. It's sometimes weird. where it's Cause like, I have the biggest problem. Clip? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Cause I have the, my biggest problem is reaching out to people about being booked as a standup because yeah. I'm like, like we were talking about earlier. Like I didn't even think to email anybody and be like, Oh, here's my tape. Cause it's like, no, I'm good at this. Like you should know me. It's like, right. That's such delusional fucked up thinking. Yeah. And I know it is. So nobody needs to DM me and be like, you're not even that funny. Like I get it. <laughs> it's delusional thinking, but I'm a product of, you know, playing sports and stuff where competitiveness and just that mindset of like, whoever's the best will be recognized. And that's not how it works, especially in show business. It's about who, you know, and the connections you have and if people want to hang out with you. So when it comes to reaching out to people to get booked on things, I'm terrible at it. But with the podcast, I actually, it's a weird disconnect. Like it's something separate in my brain. So yeah. I have no problem being like, hey, I've you I've heard you've got pretty good stories. Like, come on the show, because, again, like we were saying, like I was saying earlier, it's a tangible thing. It's like, yeah, it's something like you could go. You could Google me and see all these different things that come up for the podcast. I can send you the numbers like you. It's something that's there. Yeah. Plus, I also play politics a little bit and i know that comics love talking about themselves so i'm just like we talk about you the whole time and i don't ever hijack <laughs> the show ever <laughs> then a lot of times that, they're cool that is the selling point yes yeah. i was very excited i want to talk about you for an hour why not right <laughs> love it so uh, samantha plug everything one more time let people know where they can find you Yes. If you go to Samantha com, all of my social media links will be there, but I would love for you to follow me on TikTok. That is uh, at Sam underscore Ivy. Again, that's I V E Y. 
Boom. And then watch Ivy Heads. You can just search that on uh, YouTube. The YouTube. Pretty machine. sure I'm the only Ivy Heads. So. Well, I'll make sure to put links to everything um, in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thank I'm you. Glad we got to talk New York too. Oh my gosh, me too. I miss it so much. My listeners are so over me talking about New York. <laughs> I am not. Okay, I can talk I've done about it, like, it all day. Eight or nine shows straight. Beautiful. Beautiful. They. <laughs> they Unless you live there, you don't get it. It's you just, just don't get it. You don't get it. It's fine. I probably insulted your listeners. It's okay. You you don't get it. It's New York. It's oh, fine. <laughs> Thank you everybody so much for listening. Again, follow me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. Check out BrennanTComedy.com. Get some merch for the show. Upcoming dates, October 7th. I'll be at uh Broadway Comedy Club right there on 53rd off of Broadway. Boom, baby. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. Performing with uh, Jill Kimmel. She asked me to be on that show. I was booking shows before I even did an open mic. What's up? Come Woo! get your boy. Um, <laughs> thank you again, everybody, for listening. Subscribe on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Brennan And we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>